welcome to the Reimagine Teaching Podcast, a podcast for teachers about reimagining education um, and a better, brighter future for teachers and students alike. We are here today with Kim, who is a teacher in Chicago, to talk about social emotional learning and how um, it impacts our students and how we can better help our students with that. So thank you, Kim, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So we start the podcast it can be education related. It doesn't have to be. What is something that's bringing you joy this week? You know, it's kind of hard because I was like, what should I think about for this specific segment? Um, but I think what's been bringing me joy is I just got into sparkling water. I never <laughs> understood the hype before. Like I tried a LaCroix like years ago and I was like, this is disgusting. No. And I don't know. I think my taste buds changed. So I've been drinking a lot of sparkling <laughs> water now. That's awesome. We got, yeah, what about you? we got, um, it's called drip drop. It's like liquid IV, but we, mm. uh, have been buying those. I hate drinking plain water. And because I am, um, breastfeeding, I was so dehydrated all the time. And so we got those and I have like four of those a day. They're so good. I was telling you before we started recording, I have an awful toothache. So that's not been joyful at all. No one likes the dentist, and I have been to the dentist now six times in eight weeks. Uh, not fun. But um, yeah. the end of my school day, my little brother FaceTimed me. He just moved in for his freshman year at UW-Milwaukee. Oh, um, wow, congrats. Yeah, so he was FaceTiming me and gave me a tour of his dorm, like showing me all of his roommates' beds. And like he's like, I can't show you the bathroom. Someone's in there. I'm like, it's, it's okay. I'm really okay without that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So cute, um, it was it was super cute we um yeah he is just so excited to be at college and get to you know do new stuff he was like I don't have what did he say he was like I have unlimited screen time and internet no oh one's my turning God. my internet off at 10 p.m I was like oh boy <laughs> but then he was still homesick he's like I don't think I'll ever feel homesick I'm like you're facetiming your big sister right now what are you doing mm-hmm. so cute yeah but that was really sweet my my sister and I will go see him in a couple of weeks. And he, I mean, he's in Milwaukee, which is a bigger city than we're from. And so he, what is he saying? He was like, well, if I want to go to Walmart, it's like a 40 minute walk. That's so far. I was like, can't you use Aww. the bus? And he was like, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> we don't have a good bus system in our hometown. So, but mm. thinking then going back to when I, cause I'm not from Chicago. So we'll, went to school in Chicago for college uh, I had the same thing I had never been on a bus or a train and was like I don't know how to do this um, and that's so funny because like I was here thinking like because we went we met at North Park so I'm here yeah. thinking like when did you move over there like you're a Chicagoan but I guess I got that wrong so. no yeah I live um at the end of the metro so I could take the metro home I was close okay. enough to Chicago um, but no, I was not from Chicago. I moved just for oh. college um, and then moved to Iowa City for a couple of years and then came back home. Yeah, I loved being in Chicago, just could not afford to stay. <laughs> I don't blame you, y'all. So um, yeah, when I was graduating and didn't have a plan, um, my best friend had was accepted for grad school at the University of Iowa. So I was like, I'll move with you. I got nothing else going on. That's She's, so funny. She was like, that's so funny. And I was like, here's some apartments. She's like, oh, shit, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I like that, though. It's like initiative, you know? I know. It was fun. So, yeah, we lived there for two years. She's also from my hometown. So we moved back here together and then got our own, did our own things. But 
Um, so what is your job? What are you doing? <laughs> and what kind of, um, kind of who are, yeah, what does your classroom look like? Yeah, well, I'm currently out of CPS, um, or I'm currently not teaching. Um, I did teach middle school math, so like sixth grade and seventh grade for five years. Um, and it's funny because I think this was in 2022, 2021. Um, it was my fifth year and I was here thinking like, I want to go back to get my master's, but I don't know how to juggle teaching and school. So I'm just going to take a break from teaching. And I was like really nervous to tell admin. And then like that week, which was the last week of school, they were the ones that gave me that like pink slip, like that my my role was cut like I think there was like three or four cuts in that school that year and it was just like I guess like a blessing in disguise right but it did hurt like thinking like wow and you know it made sense because it was an elementary school and I studied secondary education so like sixth grade to 12th grade math and so that was the issue was like we you know after COVID we lost a lot of students to private schools and charter mm -hmm. schools because they had more stuff to do like for individual, you know, teaching and here, you know, at CPS, we weren't ever really prepared. Um, and so they had, they used to have a little bit over 800 students and they went down to like 600, like barely. Yeah. So they were like, we're going to make classrooms smaller. That means we need less teachers. And since you're secondary education, like it's hard to move you around, um, which is all valid, but I'm currently not teaching. That was my situation, um, which is fine. It's just, it's just like, I was like, I am one of those stories where people are like, I was cut from this like position yeah. because of funding as per usual. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that, but I did teach, um, sixth grade, seventh grade math and in CPS, like we're required to teach social emotional learning. Okay. And so that's what I kind of wanted to talk about because yeah. I just like know how important it is. And I, I remember the first year I was here thinking like, we're not prepared for this. Like you want me to discuss with students, like how their emotions work and how can like we like, you know, work through them. But I think um, once you start to know the students too, you can kind of know how to talk about it and like different experiences. Um, I think the most hurtful part was that you notice all the teachers that don't care for it. And unfortunately it's the older teachers that will like straight up to my face say like, I can't believe you're wasting your time on that. Like I just play a movie that like 40 minutes of requirement we have per week. Like yeah. I play a movie, I continue my teaching and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Right. Like, but you know, it's weird because like, unfortunately sometimes I feel like admin knows who does these things and they don't, say anything yeah so. yeah when well, we just um we have a new social emotional learning curriculum at our building this year so I went to a training mm -hmm. for it last week um but they were talking about um you know the whatever the five key elements are that our kids need to, whatever whatever uh-huh I was sitting next to another teacher um who has a similar uh level of SAS as I do and she was like don't the adults have to know how to do this before they can teach it? And I was like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, no. Um, which is a piece, too, that's when you make it a requirement and teachers either are not on board or don't have regulation skills themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you mm -hmm. expect them to teach kids 
or you know if they don't I don't have you know I can acknowledge I don't have great regulation skills but at least I'm aware of it where a teacher's like no I'm great I'm like I just heard you scream at every single class yep. you had today <laughs> um yeah it is it is insane um this the attitudes towards it especially when so much research that's been around for so long says this is what our kids need mm-hmm. um I first started learning about or thinking about social emotional learning related to education when I my first year teaching I had to take a class that talked about aces um the adverse childhood experiences I've um, never heard of that yeah yeah so it's like a there's like a it's a 10 point scale there's like 10 things they identified that if these happened to you in your childhood, um, the more of those you have, the higher your score is, the more likely mm-hmm. actually a medical study, the more likely mm-hmm. you are to have certain medical conditions. Um, so that included like high blood pressure, heart disease, um, you were more likely to be an alcoholic or use drugs. And so learning about that was really interesting because I come from a family with very high ACEs scores, <laughs> say mm-hmm. that. Um, and so, you know, to see that and then also know my family medical history and be like, that tracks for my family. But also a lot of, you know, those coping strategies are hereditary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How to manage your anger better then you are just going to pass on those things on to your kids. Um, and so that's what I started to first think about it was within my family specifically to say, well, I don't have as many of those. So I wonder, and I had a lot of conversations with my dad to say, you know, from my dad's dad to me, what changed? And did you know, my dad didn't even know what ACEs was. So he couldn't even, like acknowledge it, but to say what changed. Um, and then at the same time I was teaching my first year in Iowa city and we had, a. am an ESL teacher. And so Iowa city actually had a huge population of Congolese students. Um, and at the time there was a civil war in the Congo, um, that kind of spilled over into other countries. And so our older students, my first year there, our juniors and seniors had fled the civil war in the Congo. We had, um, poor kiddos. We had multiple students who had physical scars because they were, mm-hmm. one of my students had been a child soldier. One of my students had, um, you know, watched her parents not make it and then fled. Mm-hmm. And so, that to think about that, you know, clearly those are adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And then to sit in meetings and classrooms and talk about these kids and, you know, why is this kid so rude to me? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know any better. Yeah. Uh, like, when was he supposed, when in his, you know, childhood experience was he supposed to learn to say please and thank you? That's not, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. That was when my coworkers and I talked about it. And then also talking about, as far as language acquisition, the goal is that students make growth in English every year and eventually exit the program. But nationwide, we're seeing students are not exiting the program. They kind of get stalled towards the end. Yeah. And so the ACEs, and then they did more studies, they've actually found that trauma and long-term stress impacts your brain and your memory. Um, in a way that until you address those things and the social mm-hmm. stuff, you're not going to make any more academic gains. So as an ESL teacher, where we're told we have to access students from our program, I was like, great, here's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Flashcards and writing prompts are not it. 
no no <laughs> not at all no one's having fun with that no one's having fun and there's a that can only take our students so far mm-hmm. they're dealing with all of this other stuff um so that yeah that's when I really started like from my first year teaching I was like oh there's something bigger going on here mm-hmm. um so yeah so I have my master's degree in trauma-informed teaching not language acquisition um because I really and then did my final um research stuff really about how trauma affects your brain because mm-hmm. what's sad though is I feel like I have to like validate it to teachers to be like it affects your brain your long-term and short-term memory is impacted by trauma so can we please address that instead of just being like we care about our kids as people yeah no and it's it's sad that people like you said you have to validate you have to try to make it seem like I don't know important or special but not too special um because they're just gonna be or people you know unfortunately some educators will also be like it's my way, the highway, like, and they forget it goes, I feel like the youth doesn't have a lot of like protection or, you know, they are not allowed to have boundaries. They're not allowed to like speak up like because adults are superior. And then I feel like that will always stem back to social emotional learning. Like these adults didn't get what they needed through social emotional learning. And so they're projecting. Yeah to these children and these children who feel that way will start projecting it, you know, as they become adults. And so for me, like, you know, I agree with everything you said and it just like sucks that like some people just like feel like it's not important because they didn't have it and they turned out fine in a sense, you know, <laughs> and like you said, they're here like yelling, bullying little kids. And I'm like, if, if, uh, if uh, yeah. you're fine, why are you bullying this kid? Why are you making these children feel bad? You know, and they could say it's a joke, but it's it's not a joke. In my experience too, I because I teach ESL students, now it's primarily Hispanic students, but mm-hmm. our staff is primarily white. And so there's also a huge aspect of implicit racism, mm-hmm. which my kids call out, which cracks me up. And they'll be like, they just, you know, they don't, they don't like Mexicans. And I'm like, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and sad. Yeah. And, you know, and that my 15 year old students can call it out and the adults can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that too, you know, we would just want students. This was so our training last week. I was very frustrated at part of it because I, the, the presenter asked, like, what behaviors and attitudes do you hope your students have? And our administrators spoke up first. And it was all these wonderful sounding things about perseverance and motivation and I hope they can be themselves and I was like Chris we're full of shit mm-hmm. and I opened my up and I was like well the thing we celebrate students for is um attending class on um, yep that's really what I hear is that we just want kids to be where they're supposed to be I never yeah. hear someone stop a kid who's skipping class and be like I'm so proud of you for persevering against your history class <laughs> Nobody that. my kids have amazing motivation to not go to classes mm-hmm. you're not celebrating that so don't say that's your goal mm-hmm. that's not actually the conversations you're having with students you know you say that actually just changed this summer they changed the dress code um but previously like you say you want students to be themselves but my students yeah. are going to feel that about wearing hats every day Mm-hmm. so those don't those don't match they changed that though our kids are allowed to wear hats now which is nice very cool but um yeah so that 
coming even from admin where they're like this is good mm-hmm. you know what they want but in practice it's not what's happening no i agree we had um our counselor i think one year was talking about restore restorative justice and what that would look like and i was like mind blown because i was like this goes hand in hand with social emotional learning and like just becoming a person you know becoming a good citizen mm-hmm. like so helpful and like you know being yourself and being good to other people and the whole time we had that pd they were like rolling their eyes like admin like in the back like mm. and i'm just like are you kidding me like y'all say like we we need to have like students that are like good to each other and like stop you know cursing at teachers but then when we're trying to get it from the root you're here like this is like a joke you know and yeah. everyone noticed it like everyone uh, you know after the pd like everyone was like oh like sorry that 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 was happening or like those who felt the same way and saw admin like were like dismissive about it like I'm not gonna try to do these you know right routines and stuff yeah and so it was it was really sad um I think my last year they they got a group of people and were trying to push it um but it's it's it can be you can only go so far when like one out of like 10 people are trying to do it and the student just doesn't see that like correlate everywhere else yeah so what is as far as clarifying language so what is your definition of social emotional learning to me it's just like managing you know the students to understand their feelings um to find the best ways for them to cope with it resources um to me that's just like their like mental health and like own health to then move forward to become like a good citizen. I don't yeah. know where I, I got that from a while ago, but like to me, like being a good citizen just means like being respectful, being kind, helping others in the community over the world, et cetera. Um, so that's how I see it. And again, uh, I feel like it's very important and I'm surprised that like, there isn't like, I, there's some talk of it, but there's not like a big movement of like, every school needs to have it for the educators first, you know, to kind of get you understanding why it's important, um, not just because we said so, and then hopefully the students, because like I said, we're re- we were required to do it. Um, and people who taught like kindergarten, first grade would see the difference right away. Um, and it was hard for those who had just started in like middle school and they're like, now I have to tell you, like, this is what I do. But I've had really good conversations when I was doing those um, social emotional learning time. Um, and I feel like it was never a waste of time. And I wish there was more time to go through than other like 45 minutes. Yeah. Because then the students were able to, you know, think about it. Like w- when we were just doing regular math class, I'd be like, hey, like you're doing that thing we talked about. And like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing that like to each other. And they would conversate. And I was like, this is so good. Like, this is so healthy. And I'm like, so sad to think like my homeroom got the experience they deserved during that time. And then there's other homerooms that didn't. And it, yeah. it just hurts. Yeah. I think too, part of how it's presented um, kind of hurts the cause. When you ask teachers like at our high school, what the biggest issues with student behavior is right now, or what the biggest issues are, they say student behavior, specifically phone usage and vaping. You okay. can, cannot tell me that vaping and phone usage are not just 
students looking for a way to cope with their emotions. Mm-hmm. They get overwhelmed in class, they're unengaged, uninterested, or just don't understand what's going on, so they pull their phone out. Mm-hmm. Multiple students have told me they smoke and they drink to self-medicate. Yeah. So you can put up all the smoke detectors, vape detectors you want in the bathroom. But yeah, when are these conversations happening about the stuff they're actually going through, which is why they feel like they need to vape anyway? (laughs) No, definitely. And again, I think that stuff too is disgusting. Like you said, policing students, these are children. You're policing them like you can't go to the bathroom. Also had the issue with people messing with the bathroom. So like the students weren't allowed in the bathroom at all. You had one time in the morning and one time after lunch. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, these are children, you know, like these are, and you're giving, you're taking away their rights of like using the bathroom. And it's, it's, to me, it's disgusting when you start policing children or people in general, you know, like you can't wear this, you can't look like this. You can't talk like this. Like you can't, you can only use the bathroom. Like it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and when you talk about, you know, teachers, I think they act like our students are grown until it's inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. They even act respectfully and responsibly as though you're an adult, but you don't get to use the bathroom whenever you want. <laughs> no, you can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so our, our conversations, and that's something that's hard too. At one point last year, last year, no, the year before, we had a student who was continually showing up to school high, but we were getting really concerned about his safety. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, he was so stoned that he, if he had not been in a room with us, he wouldn't have evacuated during a fire alarm. Oh my gosh. And he's not a small kid, but it took two of us to get him out of a chair and outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so genuinely worried about his safety. Um, I ended up calling CPS because that is of concern and they told me yeah. they have no need to investigate oh. um and then I talked to admin and said this he's not okay clearly mm-hmm. um and admin told me you know admin's like well you know well how did you know he was high and I was like what you <laughs> didn't okay um right and I said oh I think I said he was he was way more high than usual and I got mm-hmm. scolded for not reporting every student every time they're stoned to admin. And I was like, one, I don't think you realize how many kids would be in your office. Mm-hmm. Two, your solution then is to check their backpack. And if they have substances on them, send them home. If they refuse to let you check their backpack, you send them home. And so now they're just not in school. Yep. And what do you think they're doing? <laughs> like. We had a kid, he, we had his little brother. And so the kid got in trouble for wearing a hat in school. So then he was gone for two weeks. And we were like, where's your brother? And he was like, I don't know. He's at some abandoned house with his friends. They've been living there for two weeks. How is that better better for a 17 year old? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so those conversations, you know, now that same admin is like social emotional learning. And I'm like, you're still going to be punitive towards my students. Yeah. Like be real. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's ignoring the root and just trying to find like an easy cut of like, uh, you just don't, you don't come to school anymore. Cause it's, I don't want to deal with it. 
I don't know how to deal with it. I yeah. didn't even think that emotionally, you know, would be the issue. And so I'm just going to like, if I don't see you, you know, out of right. sight, out of mind, unfortunately, that is so, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the benefits that you've seen though? Some of the good that's come out of the social emotional learning stuff you were doing with your students? Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know if it started the first year it started, which was in 2017, because they were kind of like, well, the students I had were kind of like not very interested in it. Um, but I do want to say like the year after that or the years after that, like you can tell that students were becoming more aware of each other and not just like of themselves and like how things can like, how things are connected and like can escalate and stuff. Um, so it was very interesting in that sense. Like sometimes they'll take that pause and sometimes they'll take the pause and still say something they're not supposed to say. And, you know, but it's like, I can tell that their brain is thinking about these things and it's it stayed there long enough. And like, I'm very like casual with my students. So like I'll say something, I'm like, I probably shouldn't be saying this stuff, but it's, <laughs> it's real. Like I am like, too. Yeah. And so like, I remember one time we were talking about like, when you're upset with someone so like they gave a scenario of like uh your boss like yells at you about something and now you're mad like what are you gonna do and so like I asked the kids like what what would you do how would you feel and you know be like well I'll be mad like why are he talking to me like this right. like like I'll punch his face I'll like mm -hmm. and I'm like okay so like I'm writing things down like you punch their face like you're gonna <laughs> like curse them out sure or whatever and then I'm like and then what happens right. and they're like oh, well, uh, I guess, I guess then we would go to jail. And like, and I'm like, yeah. And is that what you want? Like, was it worth it? Was it worth right. like punching them in the face, cursing them out, like blah, blah, blah. And they were like, well, I don't want to be in jail. And I was like, right. Like I wouldn't want to be in jail. And right. so they were like, what would you do? And I was like, you know what? That's a good question. Like what would I do? Like, yeah. and so, oh my God, like, um, it's so funny, but I'm Mexican. Right. So then I was like, I don't know. Like I couldn't like think about it in the moment but they were like oh my god like another like latino student was like what if like our principal called you like like a freaking beaner like how would you react you know and i'm like you know what that's a really good example because you're you're setting up the scene for me you know right. and i was like i would be really upset and like i can see how you all feel like yes i would want to curse i would want to like yeah. throw a big fit about what's going on like he's being racist to me which is not true he's he's not racist but you know <laughs> this is just the scene they brought up and I was like, but to me, it's not worth it. Like I fit back into that like stereotype. I fit into like just creating more problems. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think the best thing would be for me to like go to higher up. And they were like, yeah, that makes sense. Like he should be the one fired. He should be the one like, and I was like, right. Because like, why am I going to be going to jail? Right. And I did nothing wrong. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, and then you can like contact their manager and then you can contact cps and the like the news media you know and like they got really into like seeing how things like transform yeah. and like basically saying like i would be the hero out of the story and i was like <laughs> and so like it was nice to think like do you see like the difference of like if i follow this route of like i'm so mad that i can't even take a step back to think about it then i'm gonna do all these things in the moment you know whereas if i think about it like I, yes i am so mad that i could cry but let me figure this out. Let me take a second to think it out. And um, they brought up that example a lot. Like sometimes they would be like, 
this person said something to me that like rubbed me the wrong way but I remember like it's not worth it trying to fight with them and get me in trouble so I'm gonna go like over there and I'm like yeah thank you so much for like taking that second and so this even the new curriculum they're rolling out this year is not my favorite um it's a lot of conversations and stuff like you were saying Mm -hmm. but not a lot of like tools that can be used um, I loved when I taught elementary school, we used the zones of regulation, which is definitely geared for elementary kids, but my kids don't know that. So I taught it last year as part of my, I just added it in. And so it's uh, like a color coding system for your emotions, which is nice. Cause then I can say, you know, Hey, what zone are you in? If they don't know the word for the feeling, cause especially my kids being ESL, they might not, mm-hmm. but they can say, I'm feeling a little yellow, which is like anxious. Great. Do you need, you know, do you want to talk about it or you just need a minute? I need a minute. Great. And so that quick check-in was awesome just for kids to acknowledge and what I really loved about it to acknowledge where they're at, but then also to see how their coping mechanisms affect others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so to say like, and I would tell them, you know, my, you know, when my anxiety is high, things that don't bother me most days are going to bother me. Yeah. Hey, I have to go to a meeting today that I am not excited about, you know, with my boss who I am frustrated with. And so I'm, I'm stressed because I have to say something to her that's true, but is a little bit scary for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the talking in the back and the, you know, throwing things back and forth across the room cannot happen today. I will literally lose my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, most days I can put up with it today. No which is something that my students don't see their teachers doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they do feel like they don't ever get a day to be off. Yeah. One day that they're off, they get to end up in the Dean's office. (laughs) And so for them to see an adult modeling, you know, I'm not, I'm off today. I'm not well today. Mm-hmm. I'm still here because I need the money, but <laughs> this is how I'm coping. Um, for my high schoolers, is huge. One of the hard things about it is they don't get the same, like you said, the same freedoms we do. Mm-hmm. I close my door on my prep and get a minute alone. They have to go to study hall with 200 other kids in the cafeteria, which does not help anybody regulate their nervous system. No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, you know, again, I feel like social emotional learning is always the root, but it's always also like your surrounding and like feeling like I am comfortable enough to be myself. And I feel like schools uh, don't fully allow that with students, you know, um, in my, cause I'm getting my master's right now. And we were talking about like, how like as adults, like if we were to put our head down, like we would assume that they're still listening or something not feeling well but when a student does it it's like they're ignoring me I'm so mad like I'm gonna take them to the principal and it's like it's so true and I was like you know I've done it a few times unfortunately especially in the beginning of the year um, my first year of like like I'm not entertaining enough oh my god like why are they doing Mm -hmm. this to me like and it's forgetting like they could not be feeling well they didn't get enough sleep like they're hungry you know and it's just like I need to stop policing students which is yeah. the worst um but same I agree with, like they was the same with cell phone usage when they tell mm-hmm. us like kids need to put their phone away and then every staff meeting half the teachers are on their phones no I agree yeah and it, it, it doesn't give students a break to be themselves and you know enjoy learning who they are and who 
who they are becoming and like understanding how they can figure out like to make their own rules of like going to the bathroom like I know I'm allowed to go you know whatever blah blah, blah but I know it's I shouldn't take too long or something you know like right. I feel we don't give them enough opportunities to learn these things um or to you know learn from mistakes to get there and yeah it's just kind of sad yeah it's so valuable for students to feel like they can be themselves in mm -hmm. a school setting because it instills in them that they are a learner mm -hmm. and that school is for them. Most of my students, my Hispanic ESL students do not like feel like school is for them mm. because it's not a place that they feel welcome. Yeah. Um, it's not a place that they feel like they can be themselves. Mm -hmm. um, we, our school district, missed it's so frustrating missed um never did any implicit bias training or diversity training as a district i know what How? i know literally because that was like a trend for you know in 2015 2017 okay um, and our school district just was like nah we don't need it but my students notice it and the lack mm -hmm. of inclusiveness um, when all their teachers are white, when our admin is um, scolding us as staff because our study halls are louder than most classrooms. Um, and we had admin tell us, there's no way that your students are being productive if they're being that loud. Oh my God, that's the worst. I hate that one. <laughs> and I was like, my, my uh, sister's husband is Puerto Rican. And so we've done some stuff with their family. And I was like, you cannot tell me that her Puerto Rican in-laws are not having valuable family conversation, even when all 20 of them are talking at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's how those conversations go. And there's music on top of that. Um, yeah. yeah, but like to tell us, you know, they have to be quiet. That's the only way they can be learning. And I'm like, that's not. And that's not culturally appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, I had kids sitting coming into my room for lunch on a regular basis and they were practicing for their quince's. Oh, um, so cute. It was so adorable. And then the, like, the one kid was trying to do the dance and they were all like, you're not wearing the um, boots, so it doesn't matter. You can't dance. And I was like, okay. oh. Um, but we were told we were being too loud. And then I, uh, there was a fight that one of the kids in, that was in my room at the time left and got in a fight. So then I wasn't allowed to have kids in my room anymore. Um, but the white teacher across the hall had theater kids in there practicing musical theater. But it's fine. <laughs> but we couldn't have bachata. Yeah. And like my kids see that. Yeah. They know um, things. But when they feel like they are, their culture is not accepted in the building, then they feel like school is not for them. Mm -hmm. and they feel like then why would I why would I show up and if I show up why would I try because this isn't this isn't meant for me um and so that social emotional learning piece of not only teaching kids how to manage um we have to do a lot of teaching kids how to advocate for themselves mm -hmm. um a lot of times when as I co-teach I co-teach math I'm not a math person cool though I like this uh -huh. this is my third year I'm starting my third year and I'm teaching geometry for the third year and I was like I think I get it now 
I've oh. taken it twice <laughs> or taught it twice. And now I think I get it. But kind of a huge part of our job is also advocate, like advocating for our kids when we're in classes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, this reminds me of, you know, we were just talking about earlier. Weren't you just saying that, you know, we did, we had a class last year that talked about personal finance stuff. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it was actually, it was math applications. And so hmm. there was a whole section about budgeting and stuff. Um, you know, and they're like, well, do you have jobs? No. Um, you know, well, when you pay taxes, and someone was like, wait, does everyone have to pay taxes? Well, I know a lot of my kids work cash only jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so to talk about that, well, legally, you're supposed to pay taxes if it's over this amount. And, um, you know, but what's the benefit of paying ca- working a cash only job? It's not actually mm-hmm. reported. And, um, you know, but to talk about the homes that our fi- our students come from and incorporate that mm-hmm. in class, which a lot of times the teachers just don't take the time to know. Um you know, to say like, oh, you know, what kinds of jobs do your parents work? And I was like, oh no, our students are working almost full-time jobs, some of them. Yeah. Like ask them about W-2s because they have them. (laughs) Yeah. But I think then when the kids feel like they have a place in school, they want to try harder. Yeah, definitely. And I think like what you said about advocating yourself for yourself, is also figuring out like, who do I know I can trust and will help me advocate for myself when I feel uncomfortable, you know? Um, We had a social emotional learning lesson that was about that. And um, we like wrote down like who we feel safe with in the school. Mm -hmm. And it was, the list was very small. The list was was very small. And like one girl was complaining about like security and like, why do we have security in the school? And why do we have the police? And like, I feel like they're always targeting me when I'm, you know, talking in line or when I'm doing something in the lunchroom and I'm like low key, like they might be targeting you for a reason, like, because unfortunately they think like students of color are, you know, the worst or like, you know, inappropriate, like another white student can do the same, nothing, no one bats an eye. A student of color is suddenly like, why are you like this? Why are you talking so loud? Um, and so we talked about like what to do if in a situation you feel uncomfortable, like who you should talk to, who you should reach out, what the steps look like. Um, and it it's really sad. Like this girl like mentioned, like, you know, I, I really don't like the police. Like I would never go to the police. Like they're out here, like shooting my people, you know, like, and you expect me to feel safe to them like you expect me to like like I would never and I was like I agree like I feel the same way like I would I wouldn't expect anything of the police because to me they're like you know the surah like trash like I don't ever feel safe with them I feel like they've never helped um especially people of color and so like it was I feel like interesting to to have that conversation you know we're in sixth grade but like she she's like an 11 12 year old and she can already like notice that she can already sense like the uneasiness when there's security when there's police nearby and so I think it was very important because I could see other students nod and I could see other students kind of like ponder about it like how does how does this correlate like how can I see this and so um I think that's why I really like social emotional learning because it it brings up these like events and like experiences that other people might not have and then now we're suddenly becoming more aware of each other yeah, and what I really like about it, like you said, is the opportunity for kids to share with one another 
Mm -hmm. Um, In my role, what I don't like is that there are teachers who will not change their ways or extend empathy to students until I tell them why they need to. Mm -hmm. I need you to care about this kid because here's the laundry list of things they're going through. No, you should care about them because they're a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I think... I think it's hard, right? Um, I always think about um, my sister because I was part of the Golden Apple Scholar okay. uh, ship and so my sister was too, but that year that she was in it um, was the year when the whole Trump thing was going to be um, for running for president. And when she told me, like I was also like surprised and she was surprised and it was just like, there's so many scholars in the program who are like, yes, Trump 2020. And to me, it's like, I'm so baffled. Like you're going to be a teacher, but you're already bringing this bias of like, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher, but I don't want the Mexicans here. And I don't want this, you know, like, like what? Like I, I was so like, I'm still like so surprised like that we do live in a world like that. We do live in a world where like, oh, politics are different, but it's like, it's not because you're instilling these things and this is why sometimes certain teachers are like I don't care about this kid why should I care about a kid they're children like it's my way like I say you know whatever and I do what I gotta do and it just makes me upset yeah well and for my students when we have newcomers who don't speak English you know even just teaching teachers to like talk to the student I'm not their Mm -hmm. interpreter (laughs) yeah I will I mean I will help but don't you know, hey, can you tell them? No, you tell them in English. And then they'll turn to me and say, okay. And then I will <laughs> translate, but, but address the student because they're also a person. Mm-hmm. Um, use Google Translate. I'm not fluent in Spanish. I'm like, half of what you say, I'm typing into Google Translate anyway. Do it. You use Google Translate and talk to the kid directly. Because um, again, that makes them feel included. Mm-hmm. So makes them feel seen, included, yes. like a person, you know. We get our department gets kind of they get kind of some people give us a hard time because we're so close to our students, and then our students just want to be with us all the time, literally I all would, the time. I wonder why. Like, right? <laughs> I'm like, do you want some notes? Don't yell at the kid when they walk in late. Mm-hmm. tell them you're happy to see them even if you're not yeah. if you got yelled at every time you walked in late you also wouldn't want to be here so you said when you um were teaching you guys had social emotional learning is required was required yes that's part of your day how else did you incorporate it into your school stuff because math and social emotional learning doesn't always sound like it <laughs> goes together You know, it really doesn't. And I feel like that's the tricky part, right? Um, But so we were only required once every Friday. So for 45 minutes every Friday, you had social emotional learning. Like, wow, so innovating, totally. Um, But I think it's, it's very difficult to do that type of work in education anyway, because they're so hard focused on like, academics they need to have you know homework they need to have this whatever whatever and so for me um when I first started I knew I wanted to do a lot of like um student-based works or like where they were always working with a partner or a group and I also started incorporating like team building so every Friday I would do team building activities 
Um, and that could look like a scavenger hunt with them, escape rooms, like doing all these things that didn't have to do with math, but it was done like learning how to communicate with each other and mm-hmm. learning how to like be patient with each other. Um, and so like, I feel like doing that and social emotional learning really went like hand in hand, like without like me even like thinking about it, I'm like, this is working like, because then they're able to be like, Hey, remember we talked about like, if you're making me nervous or anxious, like I can't hear you anymore. Like I'm already like zoning out, like blacking out, like freaking out. And they'll be like, can you like not talk to me like that? You know? And I'm here, like, I would just be like the, what is it? Like I would just observe while they were mm-hmm. doing these activities. And I was just like, oh my God, like you're using it. Like I didn't say anything. I didn't have to start it off for you. Like you're here, like making the connections, like I'm communicating with you. I'm trying to explain myself. And so like, I, I had those moments too, like when they were working together on like their projects or like their classwork um, with a partner, but it never was like a fully, like, it's a full fusion of like, you know, social emotional learning and math, but I could see those moments like peak peak out yeah. um during those like group efforts and I I really enjoyed that and like I was lucky that I was able to do that with the students because I mean I brought it up to my principal like is it okay if I do this every Friday and they were like as long as you still go through the whole curriculum you're supposed to and I was like yeah, I'll make sure of it and I feel like you know it was worth it like I wish everyone worked with that um type of like activities um and it really I feel like brings the students closer to each other so yeah mm-hmm. that's that's how I kind of incorporated I don't know like yeah. other ways to do so my I mean I teach ESL so I have an English class and that is so easy to incorporate social emotional learning because mm-hmm. it's like you know vocabulary for our first unit is where are you from and what do you like about your home and what makes mm-hmm. a home and then you, you know mm-hmm. get so that's always really easy um, but we do, um, my whole department, we always tease the kids. We're like, you know, but first cheese may, like, how are you? <laughs> and what's the cheese may, so, which is amazing. Cause then kids all like come running down the hallway and they're like, maestro, maestro, I have cheese may step into my office, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then the kids know that we care about them. Like we, yeah. yes, we want to hear what's going on with you. And they're friends. I mean, we had a kid, I had a kid who was suspended for a week and his friends, yeah. his, his friends were all talking about it until I walked up and I was like, hypothetically speaking, if your friend wasn't here for a week, you know, how can we care for him? What's, you know, but to mm. also say, you know, in that case, what was it? Oh, he stole a bike from school property. He was caught on camera. <laughs> they were all talking about how stupid he was. But like, you said, but like you said, they were like, you know, we have cameras at school. <laughs> Mm-hmm. if you need to steal a bike steal it from somewhere else or do this but that conversation which I think in most classrooms you would be like you know let's not talk about the better ways to steal a bike but no to say here's the consequence now you're missing school and you're not going to get credit mm-hmm. you know, and it was a bike that belonged to some kid who's now going to beat you up when you get back oh, so there's you know but to think through situations that are actually happening and then yeah. these are the consequences I was out on maternity leave and found out one of my students is a dad. And I was like, what? great. I hope he tells his friends the consequences of your action. Is <laughs> now I got a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, my math teacher, though, is great at um, checking in with kids and just reminding students like, you know, when we do a pre-assessment, she's like, you're not supposed to know this yet. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to know it yet. 
just try your best. Even if your best is just copying the problem down. No. But she's so amazing at teaching kids, you know, the social emotional part of just of perseverance and like we build up to it. And which I really appreciate. She with our ESL kids, like she is one, she'll pull up Google Translate and talk, have a conversation. And I'm like, oh, do you need something? She's like, oh no, we worked it out. Great. Um, and when I have so kids, cool. um, I had to do a lot of modified algebra last year. And so then I asked the student to show the teacher the notes we did because our notes were completely different and they were highlighted and color coded. I said, can you go show her what we did? Explain it to her. And <laughs> he was like, como? No, I'm learning this. And I was like, en español está bien. And he's like, but the teacher doesn't understand Spanish. And I was like, okay. And I told him in Spanish, I was like, no, it's good for her. She needs to learn Spanish too. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay. So he walked <laughs> up to her and he was like, in Espanol. And she was like, okay, in Espanol. And so he went through the notes with her and, t- you know, she doesn't understand any Spanish. Maybe a couple colors and numbers she's been trying to learn, mm-hmm. you know, but follow along. And he then was able to build a relationship with her and say, okay. And she was like, oh, she's like, that's amazing. You did so good. And then she looks at me and she's like, muy muy bien right and I was like yeah and she was like yeah muy bien (laughs) that for kids to see and have those relationships with adults with their teachers Mm -hmm. and not well if you didn't get it that's too bad we're moving on or if you didn't get it come after school which my students can't usually stay after school you know incorporating it I I have never taught middle school on purpose uh I'm so blessed you (laughs) At the high school level, most of the high school teachers are so serious about education and serious about their content that they don't take the time to teach kids how to be adult. You didn't do your homework. We're moving on. No, talk to the kid. What's going on? Why didn't you do it? Do you need a planner? Do you need a, you know, can I show you? And that's been a lot of my job because that's a lot of what my students struggle with. Like, can I show mm-hmm. you how to use, you know, Google Calendar or whatever? And I I think it can be implemented in gen ed classes but it has to be a priority of the teacher definitely it has to be everywhere like everyone's Mm -hmm. on the same you know boat but the problem is that it's and unbalanced and this is why we get the issues of you know I mean it, it must also be confusing for students to be like it's so weird that like when I'm with this teacher like I feel comfortable I'm able to like get away with like turning in work late like they understand why I didn't get to whereas another teacher is like F, don't look at me like I'm mad at you you know so um yeah it it definitely must also be triggering for students and like mm-hmm. confusing like I don't really know how to be and I have to now be someone else when I'm around this person and this teacher and yeah and my that. students we run study all day for our kids too so our kids will ask for, they're allowed to ask for passes to come see us so they can get help with classes. Mm-hmm. And some teachers will say no. And they're like, no, you need to stay here. Partly because they think we don't know what they're teaching. Uh, partly for power and control. Mm-hmm. But for the student to say, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel like I can be myself here. I don't have the emotional regulation to manage myself in this environment. Can I go somewhere where I can manage? And we told them no. Yeah. Well, I told them to come see you and then they threw a fit. Yeah, they probably did. Cause they don't, they don't, they, they, they were trying to tell you they needed something. 
and mm-hmm. you didn't give them what they needed. And so, yes, they cussed you out and now they're suspended. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you for not helping. No. Um, or the kid will just walk out and come to us anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then we get in trouble for that. And I'm like, I didn't tell him to walk out. Yeah, but as far as, you know, if the goal is for our students to be successful in their classes, we want them to be there. And for them to continue to show up and work, they have to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. When they're uncomfortable. They have to feel safe enough to express that they're uncomfortable and be able to work through it. Um, and when I taught elementary school, we had a kid who I, I felt for him because he had horrible emotional regulation but he could tell you he could tell you what things set him off he could tell you how it felt in his body when he was about to lose it and then his teacher wanted control so he would say I need to go for a walk and she'd be like well not right now we're in the middle of and then he would start throwing things he told you what he needed what he needed you know or else he would say like you know, he'd start like pacing and he'd be like, and you know, like, hey, what's going on? And he'd be like, I, I feel really hot. He always, his body temperature went up. Mm-hmm. You know, can I go get a drink? No, you just got a drink two minutes ago. Well, yeah, because his nervous system is messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then I, talking to him, found some of the things that triggered him. You know, hey, can we make accommodations? Well, that's not how we do it. And I'm like, the kid is expressing his needs. Yeah. Mind you not reacting appropriately. I don't expect him to. He's eight years old. <laughs> yeah. And like and like we said at the start, there's adults who don't know how to do it appropriately. I know. So that is the issue too. Yeah. And we can't, I've said it before, we can't express uh, expect more of our students than we expect of the adults in the building. Unfortunately. I don't like that saying now that you said it, but I can see how true it is. What? Um, are one, I think, so as far as the next steps, systemically, I think having some kind of social emotional learning be a requirement is amazing. Mm-hmm. Even if people aren't on board with it, I think students can get something out of it, hopefully. Um, even better if staff can get on board with it. Actually, um, for like teachers and individual like individual teachers though what kind of what kind of steps do you think are helpful as far as starting to implement social emotional learning uh i might be biased with my team building activities <laughs> but i really really feel like it was just a great opening like a great like gateway for them to like i just learned these especially because i also used to do it on friday so it was like we either did it before or after, but it would be like, let's say I did social emotional learning and then we went into our uh, team building activities. We were then able to be like, hey, we just did this and you're here like talking to me. Like, I don't like that. Like, you know, advocating for themselves, speak, communicating, um, being patient with each other. And so like, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I feel too, like it might be easier when you're writing stuff, um, you know, like in English class. So I'm sure there's, way more activities to do um that actually goes with like your you know subject um but for at least for math I would say just like making sure you open up those opportunities of like students working together you know students like working together without the pressure of like it's for a grade or you know like here it was like 
for fun and also to like show off like we got the best time of whatever whatever you know but they were able to like learn and communicate and like you know I'm not gonna say it was like perfect like there were times when when they were randomly grouped they would share like I don't feel comfortable with this person I don't like this like I just don't think we'll eat either of us will have a good time and then you know like sometimes they would be like yeah of course I'll move you and then sometimes I'm like I would like you to try because you will always unfortunately be with someone you don't like you know either in class either in a work job either like in Mm -hmm. society but you still need to learn how to like be respectful and communicate and like if you feel like you're suddenly about to like be mean then I can go ahead and like move you away and then they'll be like okay and it would be fine like they would be laughing and I'm like you literally didn't want to be in this group you know but um you know there are here and there are times where I did have to move students but I think it's just like making sure you make those opportunities uh, for students to work together um in groups and collaborating like you said teaching them how to Mm -hmm. because I you know when you're like okay work with a partner and then they both just sit quietly and do their own work that's not the point yeah Um, when we did group work in my English class it would be like like you literally you have one worksheet for your whole group so you better figure it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and same with the math class occasionally yeah to be like you know one problem for your group so you can also try to solve it separately and then compare you know or they Mm -hmm. I'd be like yeah you guys got different answers you better talk this out the hard part though is you have to spend the time to teach them how to do it (laughs) definitely yeah and it takes a while but I always think it's worth it like you can tell the difference from like the beginning of the year to the end of the year and I think it goes back to what we were talking about like you need to let them be themselves and talk and that means sometimes it gets loud which is fine and I would get complaints like your class is loud like you're and I'm here like they're literally existing they are just existing and you don't want that you want them to be like these quiet like you should not be, what's that saying like you should not be heard just seen or something I've heard that a lot like especially like well they usually use it for like women like women mm-hmm. are supposed to be seen and not heard um but I yeah. feel like the same thing goes with children right like we want to see them look nice but we don't want to hear them we don't want to hear the crime we don't want to hear like you know all this stuff but it's sad like they're literally just existing they're enjoying their time they're talking you know they're trying to figure it out and like they won't get better at communicating unless they practice it with each other in a school setting. Right. So I think, yeah, the group work. I also think a portion of social emotional learning, especially for our students who struggle in school, is just making them feel successful in the school building. Mm-hmm. At the high school level, we see a lot like you teach a skill, you assess it. If they didn't get it, that's too bad. We're moving on. And so, you know, by the time we're halfway through a unit, the kids already feel defeated because at this point, nothing we've done has clicked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas doing stuff where you can be like, oh my gosh, look, you did it. You know how to do it. Even if it's in algebra one at a high school level, you should definitely already know your times table. So we'll just do multiplication problems at the start of class for a couple of weeks. This is so easy. Good. I'm so glad that you have a win today. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, that they feel capable mm-hmm. um, is so huge for them wanting to keep coming back instead of saying, oh, most of the kids got it. So we're just going to keep moving, keep pushing. And then too, the the piece of like, if you do well, and this is something I know, the bell to bell instruction, like if you do well, then we're going to give you something else and something harder. No, man, you did it. Just chill for five minutes. Yeah. 
what? Why would I give you more? I didn't plan more. Um, <laughs> I don't want to grade more either. Like <laughs> <laughs> to say, you know, hey, you accomplished something. You should you should be rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's you know, can I be on my phone? Sure, you got your stuff done. That's fine. Um, which is not always a an option depending on the administration and policy. Yeah. But, but for our students to have some successes, I think is huge for them. Um, but sometimes we have to build those in. Mm -hmm. which is hard I do because my kids really struggle with reading so I do I print articles but I always print them at three different levels and the kids get to pick what they want to read so cute same information um and I tell them like if you're not feeling it today this one's at a second grade level I fully believe you can read and comprehend that oh. I just need you to get the information and so then they they do they feel it they're like oh yeah I can do that great instead of everything feeling like a challenge all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate all the conversations I get to have on here, um, being able to connect with you. Um, the podcast is on all streaming platforms. We are on Redbubble now. So I have some merch. I just got some stickers for my school laptop, um, nice. which I'm excited about. And then on Instagram at reimagine.teaching. So thanks again for your time. Thank you for like getting me all worked up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you. It definitely is. <laughs>